RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Carrie Lam says evacuation flights will head to Wuhan from tomorrow. A pro-Beijing lawmaker says the police shouldn't be asked to solve political problems. And new arrivals are told they will get a $10,000 handout if they're here to stay. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the government will charter four flights to Wuhan to bring back more than 530 Hong Kong residents over the next two days. The Mainland Affairs Secretary, Patrick Nett, and Immigration Director, Eric Zhang, will lead a 40-strong delegation to assist the operation. Several other countries evacuated their citizens more than a month ago, but Mrs Lam denied her move came too late. As you are aware, even up to this point, Hubei province, particularly the city of Wuhan, is still under a very challenging situation in terms of the infections and the um, outbreak in terms of um, cases confirmed. So uh, as far as I understand, even up to this moment, there are still very clear restrictions on exit arrangements. 440 of the stranded residents are in Wuhan, but almost 100 others are scattered throughout 10 cities in Hubei province. Mrs Lam also said a 25% increase in police funding proposed in last week's budget is justified. The force is expected to hire more than 2,500 new officers in the next financial year, most of whom will serve in the tactical unit that deals with unrest. Opposition lawmakers have opposed the increase, saying allegations of police brutality have not been addressed. Mrs Lamb said the police's request was scrutinised before the budget was announced last week. The police requirements have gone through that process, a very vigorous process, and are considered justified given the uh, present circumstances. So um, I, I hope that uh, people will understand that law and order remains very important in Hong Kong. And we should be assured that we have that capacity to ensure Hong Kong remains a safe city. She refused to comment on an internal report sent to Beijing that, according to the Apple Daily newspaper, criticised pro-establishment politicians for not falling in line behind her in fighting the coronavirus outbreak. Mrs Lam reportedly hoped to use the fight against the virus to change public opinion and create a favourable environment for the camp in September's LegCo election. She would say only that the government's strategy in handling the epidemic is based on science. The Liberal Party leader Felix Cheung says it's reasonable to increase resources for police given the rising crime and social unrest. The police commissioner, Chris Tang, has been defending the 25% funding increase for more manpower and weapons announced in last week's budget. Official figures show the overall crime rate rose by 9% last year, following a downward trend for more than 12 years. But Mr Chung criticised the government for using police to try to solve the social unrest. The increase of resources for the police force, I think, it's reasonable because of the increase of the crimes, but of course we understand that part of the reason of the increase of the crimes because of the demonstration, the protest, the discontent to the Hong Kong government. The Hong Kong police is just putting in the front line to face a problem. So political-wise, the Hong Kong government should give an answer to the general public. If this is a political issue, it should be solved in the political way. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lord Chi Kwong, says the government plans to give $10,000 through the Community Care Fund to new arrivals who missed out on a cash handout announced in last week's budget because they aren't permanent residents. Members of the fund will meet this month to discuss the plan.
Mr Law says if approved it'll target new migrants of all nationalities, but applicants will have to undergo an asset test. Dr Law says it will be the same arrangement as in 2011, when a one-off allowance was given to newcomers from low-income families. Primarily they are based on those who are coming here to Hong Kong, to, to living in Hong Kong, rather than those who are in transit, such as those who are studying or those who are in port labour. So the primary purpose of those who will be covering will be those who will be coming here, Hong Kong, to stay. Uh, but unfortunately, they may not have reached seven years rule to become permanent residents. So this is the major target. An online poll of parents has found that half of the SAR's kindergarten and primary school pupils are spending more than two hours a day in front of an electronic screen while classes are suspended. Schools will stay closed until at least next month. The Education University questioned 6,700 parents, most of whom said their children found e-learning difficult as they struggled to concentrate at home. Its head of early childhood education, Kerry Lee, says longer screen time is unsatisfactory but understandable. The WHO recommendation is that young children from the age of two to five should spend no more than one hour a day interacting with electronic material. But we need to bear in mind that these are extraordinary times. So it's understandable that schools, the education system, and indeed parents are doing the best they can to accommodate to children's learning needs and indeed everyone's health. So I think we probably shouldn't worry too much. More important is that we need to balance the day in terms of what children do. President Trump has met the heads of US-based pharmaceutical giants at the White House to urge them to quickly develop a vaccine to confront the COVID-19 virus. But health officials have warned it could take 18 months to create and test an effective vaccine. Asked if he would support government funding to support vaccine development, Mr Trump said money wasn't what was needed. I know the companies very well. Some of them are so rich, I think uh, they can actually loan money to the federal government. <laughs> they don't need money. They need time. I think what they need more than anything else. Six people have died in the US as a result of the virus, all in Washington state. Meanwhile, mainland authorities have reported 125 new cases and 31 deaths, raising the nationwide death toll to just under 3,000. South Korea has another 477 new cases and two more deaths, bringing its toll to 28. Australia's Attorney-General Christian Porter says it's very likely strict biosecurity laws will be used for the first time to tackle the spread of the coronavirus. From Sydney, here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Coronavirus patients could be forcibly detained in Australia. The Attorney-General Christian Porter says it would be a last resort. Under biosecurity laws passed in 2015, the authorities have the power to hold and decontaminate people with the COVID-19 virus and stop them going to sporting events and shopping centres. Australia has more than 30 verified cases. For the first time, person-to-person -person transmission has also been confirmed in two patients in Sydney. In other local news now, a group of nine activists for the rights of street sleepers has protested in Shamshipo against what they say is a more heavy-handed approach by the authorities to rid the area of homeless people. Father Franco Mella, a member of the Tung Chao Street Sleepers Concern Group, says he believes the authorities want to get street sleepers away from the area as more middle-class people move in. Uh, there are some uh, new buildings built here, and so many people from middle class will come into these buildings. And so the government is stepping up action to clear uh, the, uh, the, the, the park of uh, 
everything that is not uh, so good to see and so they think that they uh, they uh, the street sleepers uh, give a bad impression to the people here so we are going to to clear everything but uh, that's not the way to solve the problem the Trump administration is ordering China's major state media organizations to cut the number of Chinese staff they have working in the US. Five media outlets, including Xinhua News Agency, will be required to reduce their total number of staff from 160 to 100. The State Department said it was responding to increasing harassment, surveillance and intimidation of US and other foreign journalists in China. Last month, Beijing expelled three Wall Street Journal reporters. The Chinese ambassador to the United Nations, Zhang Jun, criticized the U.S. decision. Between China and the United States, we have some differences, but we do not think it's appropriate for the United States to take steps in interfering the work of journalists from China. The former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, who's seeking to become the Democratic Party's presidential candidate, has been endorsed by two of his former rivals. Amy Klobuchar appeared alongside Mr. Biden at a rally to say Donald Trump would tear the country apart if he was re-elected for another four years. Earlier, Pete Buttigieg stood next to Mr. Biden and urged Democrats to rally together to beat Mr. Trump in November. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Until he won the South Carolina primary, Joe Biden's campaign had been struggling. But now moderate Democrats like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar are throwing their weight behind the former vice president. Mayor Pete said he was encouraging his supporters to back Mr Biden, who he said would soon be the next president. Another past contender in the race, Beto O'Rourke, has also endorsed Joe Biden, who is now a clear front-runner to challenge Bernie Sanders. A new international study says air pollution now rivals cigarette smoking as a leading cause of reduced life expectancy. Here's the BBC's Dominic Hughes. Lung disease, cancer, heart problems and stroke have all been linked to air pollution, particularly man-made emissions from fossil fuels. Now an international group of researchers has used a new method to model the impact on our health. The team believes pollution led to around 8.8 .8 million premature deaths in 2015. That represents an average shortening of life expectancy of nearly three years across the global population. And the researchers say the world faces an air pollution pandemic. They argue that pollution should be treated on a par with other major public health threats, including cigarette smoking, malaria and HIV-AIDS. The Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, has claimed victory in the country's third general election in a year. But exit polls suggest his right-wing bloc will fall just short of being able to form a coalition government. A Likud politician near Bakad welcomed the result. There's no doubt in my mind that it's a major accomplishment for Prime Minister Netanyahu. The people of Israel gave him their support to him, to the methodology and the ideology of the Likud. And there's no doubt that now he's well positioned to form the next government. In financial news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,441, 170 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $62 billion. Currency is the US dollar trading at 107.97 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 11 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 94 cents. Now for a look at the latest sport, here's Atom Jung. Let's start with football. Arsenal are the first team through to the quarterfinals of the English FA Cup. Good run down the right by Nelson and Ketia stretches and finds the back 
of the net, got a touch at the near post, and the ball fell very nicely for him to finish at the second attempt, and Eddie Nketiah celebrates that Arsenal have a two-goal lead early in the second half. Goals from Socrates and Eddie Nketiah sealed a 2-0 win for Arsenal at third-tier Portsmouth. The 20-year-old Nketiah was one of seven under-23s in the Arsenal lineup. They made it hard for us. They came out very fast, and I think obviously we all reacted well to that. We all fought, battled well, and um, yeah, in the end, to come away with a 2-0 result against a good side, you know, so it's a great achievement. And obviously, we're happy to be in the next round. And obviously, I think all the young boys that played and the senior boys did really well. Everyone gave their all and fought. And the FA Cup continues tonight with Liverpool travelling to Chelsea three days after their shock Premier League defeat to Watford. The Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp fielded a youth team in the previous round and was asked about his selection for tonight's match. We are Liverpool. We are always under pressure. We always have to deliver. We, we play away at Chelsea and everybody expects us to win there, so it was just difficult. It <laughs> um, was always difficult, will always be difficult, so um, that's the situation. There's for sure no favourite in this game. In the other fifth round ties tonight, Newcastle travel to West Brom while Sheffield United visit Reading. Matches in the International Champions Cup have been cancelled because of the COVID-19 outbreak. The tournament features top European sides playing friendlies in Asia ahead of next season. More from the BBC's Rob Schofield. The last five tournaments feature games in either China or Singapore, bringing in a combined attendance of excess of 700,000 people and over 200,000 watched matches last summer that featured Manchester United, Juventus, Tottenham and Inter Milan. So you can see why they're taking these precautions. No alternative host countries or schedules have been decided on yet, but... My thinking is moving these matches to the United States could be a really viable option for them. For the second time this season, the Miami Heat have beaten the NBA's best team. Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler each had 18 points as Miami came out 105-89 winners at home over the league-leading Milwaukee Bucks. Yanis Antetokounmpo was held to just 13 points in defeat. Miami's 39th win matches their total from last season with 19 games remaining. They are fourth in the Eastern Conference. Elsewhere, the lowly New York Knicks stunned the Houston Rockets 125-123. Canadian rookie RJ Barrett led the Knicks with 27 points. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Carrie Lam says evacuation flights will head to Wuhan from tomorrow. A pro-Beijing lawmaker says the police shouldn't be asked to solve political problems. And new arrivals are told they will get a $10,000 handout if they're here to stay. That's the news from RTHK.
Paris and Spain and Vietnam. No one believed you when you said your heart was blue. It's raining inside and it's raining tonight and it's raining for me and for you.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen.